Warning, this podcast contains adult content, including frank descriptions of sex, and lots and lots of swear words. Enjoy. Hello, listeners. You are about to hear our live show that we did on November 15th at Books, Inc. in Laurel Heights in San Francisco. We interviewed New York Times bestselling author Casey McQuiston on her book Red, White, and Royal Blue. Um, Unfortunately, Claire wasn't able to make it, so Meg Trowbridge, friend of the show, filled in as co-host. We interviewed Casey. We took some questions from the audience. It was really great. I'm a dumb and forgot to mention at the interview how much I enjoyed this book so it's a lot of fun um definitely read it there aren't a lot of spoilers we tried to avoid spoilers in this interview so if you haven't read it yet uh you can still listen to the interview so great hope you enjoy it Thank you so much for coming. This is exciting. We were here for an event earlier this year, and we were like up there. It was more intimate, we'll say. Um, so it's like I walked in. He's like, "Oh my god, there are people. <laughs> so many people." This is going to be great. Okay, uh, I am Neil from FMK Lit, a podcast in which my co-host Claire, who sadly could not be here tonight, uh, she and I read romance novels and play fornicate, Mary kill. <laughs> With the characters. So that's a lot of fun. Um, and then, so filling in as my co-host tonight is Meg Trowbridge, Hello. friend of FMK Lit. She also has her own show, Vicious Cycle. Yeah, it's about periods. You should all listen. <laughs> yes. And then, of course... Hi. 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 Thank you so much for coming. Thank you so much. I'm Casey of Casey McQuiston. <laughs> Casey of Casey McQuiston fame. Wow. <laughs> um, and thank you so much, Book Sync. We really love being here, and we are so grateful that you have us. Yeah. Yes. Great. So we like to start our podcast, FMK Wit, with a little thing we call Hot and Bothered, uh-huh. just to sort of like check in, just to see what's gotten us hot and bothered. Oh, my goodness. Um, Meg, we'll start with you. I would be honored. What's got you hot and bothered? I am very hot and bothered over the impeachment hearings happening right now. Um, Very riveting stuff. I haven't even had a chance to catch up on today's business, um, but Wednesday I was hot and bothered. Mm. Um, The testimonies were riveting. Uh, I have no idea if they'll be effective, but uh, (laughs) I enjoyed it very much. Good. Wow. <laughs> good. So, so this is a broad definition of hot and bothered. Yes. Okay. It could be hot and bothered in a good way, or hot and bothered in a bad okay. way. Okay. It has to be or hot and or bothered. Yeah. Like, okay. Yeah. You feel like sharing. Well, this didn't bother me per se, but mm. it was, in my opinion, there are a few things sexier than like really good food. Um, yes. Yeah. And yes. today yes. I've been taking advantage of this lovely city, and mm-hmm. um, I went on a guided food crawl through Little Italy in Chinatown. Oh, Ooh, fantastic! Um, yes, and they took me to. Um, this tiny little dim sum shop, mm-hmm, um, supposedly mm-hmm. like the first, mm-hmm. uh, okay, the first okay. in the city, um, the oldest or tied for the oldest in America. And there, I had the best pork bun of my life. Mm. Um, and I literally, it was so good that I literally like went to the counter and bought two jars of their chili oil to take <laughs> home with me. Right. So right. that is t- literally hot, hot, hot. hot. Yeah, that, that was the correct answer. Everything yes. you did was yes. Was Yay. Thank you. Great. Um, for me, uh, one of the reasons why I moved to San Francisco is the cold weather. I like mm-hmm. the cold weather. Mm-hmm. I like the wind. I like the rain. I like the fog. 
sorry. He's so dramatic. <laughs> Storm and drong everywhere. Um, good. Um, so, uh, some people I noticed, other people have noticed, I'm sure I sort of chatted about, as soon as daylight savings happened, all of a sudden it was cold. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yes, I have an excuse not to leave my apartment on the weekend. <laughs> I, I know I can't. The weather's terrible. You don't want to... I know. Curling up. So, I mean, like... It's the opposite of hot and bothered, but <laughs> cold and bothered. It's got me all hot and bothered. <laughs> okay, um, so then let's dive in, shall we? So, um, just so you're all aware, I'm going to be looking at my phone. It's not because I'm texting anyone. I don't have friends. Um, <laughs> I'm here. I'm just my one friend is here. Um, I'm just keeping track of time so that we don't, you know. Um, and uh, then we're going to open up for Q and A. And then we will do a little fornicating, marrying, and killing. Yes. it's not FMK without some of that. I yeah. have some locked and loaded. Oh. Great, great, yeah. great, great. So excited. Yeah. Um, so, one thing that we always like to ask people that we interview on our show is what, uh, intru- what sort of drew you initially to the romance genre? And, like, how were you introduced to it? Yeah, so, okay, so my very first introduction to, like, literal, like romance books. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have an older sister who was uh, always a huge reader and when she was like, oh god, when she was she was 20 and I was 12 um, and mm-hmm. so she was living at home at the time and she had like her huge stockpile of books in her mm-hmm. bedroom and I would go in there while she was at work and I would sneak things off the shelf into my room. <laughs> things that I was not allowed to read. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of them oh my god, so one of them was just like the sec- it's like like maybe the second or third book in like a four book series. I, mm-hmm. I had no context for what was happening in this book but it was <laughs> Full Tilt by Janet Ivanovich <laughs> and I took it in my room and um, I remember, like, I had, like, made a little, like, hidey hole, like, between my desk and the wall, so I could just, like, <laughs> like hide in the corner and, like, oh, read my smutty novel. Oh, my God. And Everything yeah. about this is just so dear. Yeah. And there's, like, this one scene where, like, the like, I think that the, the main, like, love interest in the book is named, like, Maximilian Holt or something like oh. that, which is just, like, too, it's, like, it's, it's painfully straight. Yeah. The yes. whole thing yeah. is painfully straight. <laughs> like, it... Mm, maybe that's what turned me gay. Anyway. <laughs> You're like, I don't want to be hooking up with a Maximilian. But there, was a, but there was a moment where mm-hmm. they break the bed. Oh. And as a as like a, a tween, I'm reading this and I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that that was like what started the the tumble down yeah, the hill sure, into sure, romance. Sure. Um, but, but I think like as far as writing it, um, I, you know, the first attempts that I made at writing books were actually all, like, young adult fantasy mm-hmm. kind of things, because, like, that was, like, I was really into, like, The Hunger Games and Twilight and Harry Potter and all of those things when I was a teenager, and so that's, like, what I thought I wanted to do, uh-huh. um, and I found that I sucked at world building, and I sucked at everything about writing fantasy, <laughs> except for the relationships. I was mm. really good at, like, and that was all I really actually cared about when I was plotting was, like, actually all of the romantic subplots, mm-hmm. and at some point I was like, oh, that's like a genre that I read. (laughs) I could just write that. (laughs) Okay, I just got to say, our first female president who's a Democrat from Texas Uh with a biracial interracial family, you're good at world building, honey. Don't worry about it. it. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, so that's kind of how it happened for me. Oh, good, good, good. I'm, I... 
checking it because I didn't actually read romance before I started doing this podcast. Um, <laughs> I find with a lot of women around twelve, thirteen, there's mm-hmm. just like something clicks, and she's like, "I'm just gonna sneak this." Yeah, in. yeah. Just, it's always like around. Like you see, like your mom, or your sister, or your aunt, like mm-hmm. has it mm-hmm. around, yes. and you're like, at some point, you're like. What's that? I'm just going to see what this is about. Yeah. You know? My mom actually gave me her collection at that age. She was like, I know what you're it's, going through. It's time. <laughs> Here. It's like, in, in lieu of having the talk, I'm going to give you a spot. Yeah, exactly. Oh, 100%. No. Oh, no. I totally oh, am prepared no. for sex. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I well, if you knew her mother, she just didn't want to talk about yeah. it. <laughs> okay. And so, um... I assume by now you are your knowledge of the romance genre is is wide and deep. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, what are some of your favorite tropes? Oh my god. Um, okay, so obviously I'm a sucker for enemies to lovers. Like, mm-hmm. there's just something yes. like about like um, like the tension and the banter and like the opportunities it allows for like a heated argument and then like suddenly they're kissing and it's like ah, you know. Um, so I'm into that. Uh, has that ever happened to you in real life? No. Uh, <laughs> has it happened to anyone in real life? Okay. Well, just lie to us. That's, yeah, please. Well, the thing is that, like, there are a few people that, like, I am enemies with in real life, you know? Mm. And, like, unless it's, like, like, oh, like, you're, like, a bad person, in which case I'm just not going to fuck you. Like, I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. But, um, but let's see. I love, like, a, a gratuitous karaoke moment. Mm-hmm. One of my faves. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I love... Um, I just really love, like, a sensitive, like, retiring, um, artistic man who, like, <laughs> like, a Henry, a Prince Henry type, basically. Uh-huh. Yes. Um, who's, like, For like... For me, Resisher would, yes. Yeah, yes. you know, <laughs> um, and I really, um... Uh, what other tropes do I love? I mean, there's so many. There's so many. Mm-hmm. I love, um, you know, forced proximity, like when they get trapped mm-hmm. in a closet together or, yes. um, you know, a, a snowed-in car or they're mm-hmm. like, oh, there's only one bed in the hotel room. <laughs> you know, those are classics. Oh, sure, yes. sure. Yeah. That second one could be very deadly, though. Well, snowed into a car. Oh, yeah. like, that is I don't know why. That was like the first thing that came to my mind. Sure, sure. I mean, I will say that when I was in the Boy Scouts, if you're, <laughs> if you're worried you have hypothermia, share sleeping bags. I wasn't allowed at the meetings anymore. Um, It's purely for survival. Yes. So you mentioned the gratuitous karaoke moment, which of course features in in the novel. Has everyone read the book? Yes. So if you haven't, like, I'm sorry, spoilers are going to happen. We Spoilers about. We're going to do our best. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to leave it up to you. Okay. Yeah, Yeah, sure, sure. Okay. Um, So what is it about... The, the karaoke moment that you that you adore so much. Well, in this book specifically, I think that it like it's like this setting that gives characters permission to act in a way they normally wouldn't. Like mm-hmm. for Henry in the book, it's like the first time he like really like lets loose and mm-hmm. like has fun. Yeah. And um and like a lot of Alex falling in love with Henry is figuring out that Henry is actually like a fun person and like he's mm-hmm. funny and he he's like sarcastic and dry and, like, not, you know, a bowl of, like, room temperature cream, as he suspected. <laughs> um, and and I and I think that that moment um, is, like, the first time that, like, I think the reader gets to feel what Alex feels mm-hmm. when, like, he's 
discovering that about Henry. You know, it's like such an emotional high. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, it's like also like a good party scene. If you can write that well, is so much fun to read. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. yes. And yeah. and so and karaoke like is kind of like a social lubricant. You know, like um, like everybody does dumb stuff they wouldn't normally do at karaoke. Yes. Mm -hmm. You know. Correct. I've done like full on splits against the wall at karaoke, <gasps> which I did not know I could do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so yeah it's just like it's like there are no rules and the mm. real world does not exist at karaoke right yeah right i think that's interesting too because it like in this book there's a lot of uh there's sort of an, a thematic undercurrent of people needing to find spaces to be their genuine selves yeah absolutely which is true of public figures and which is true of queer people especially mm -hmm. i mean it's true of everyone everyone yeah. needs a safe space right yeah, right and what i find interesting is we have all these examples of um, safe spaces for people like we have the Victoria and Albert and we have the, the mm -hmm. Lake House in Texas, uh -huh. which are all very private spaces. Mm -hmm. But then like the one place where your characters seem to feel that they can just be themselves in public is in the karaoke. Cause like, yeah. Anything no else. rules. Anything well, it's, it's like a like a it's like a gay bar in West Hollywood or something. Like you know, it is. It's it's mm -hmm. yeah yeah yeah. So then I have to know mm -hmm. what's your go to karaoke song. Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, so. Um, uh, or does it depend? On it's what all you're coming back to me now by Celine Dion. <laughs> oh, oh wow! wow. No. The range, a power move. The journey. Yeah. Yes. Um, <laughs> it's like it really like you start down here and you end up way up here. Uh -huh. um, uh -huh. Like there's like you can really like you can interpret it different ways. Yes. Yeah. Every um, time she says it's all coming back to me, it's a whole different journey. Oh. Yes. Oh. Um, but then if I want to do something a little more upbeat, mm -hmm, I actually mm -hmm. know every single word to "Ride with Me" by Nelly. <laughs> Um, and it's Fantastic. a really good, like, yeah. it's a really good throwback if you really want to take it back to, like, middle school yes. dance. Yes. You know? Like, back when you would, like, you know how, like, it would be, like, the crowd at the outside, and then the center was what we would call the conception section? Um, <laughs> that was just, like, where everybody was, you know. Yeah. Sure, yes, of sure. course, grinding sure, on each other. Yeah, yeah. Yes. yeah. So, yeah, it's just a, throw, a good throwback is always a hit at karaoke. Yes. <laughs> Agreed. That's, like, the, the dance jam you get to offer to people, you know? Mm -hmm. They all come back, mm -hmm. people are belting it with you. Right. And People sometimes need to grind sometimes. Yeah. Karaoke is yeah. not always audience participation time. Yeah, no, Agreed. it's not. Mm -hmm. It's not. Mm -hmm. Dude, I was, okay, so quick detour. I was in Seattle. Always. I was in Seattle like a few days ago mm -hmm. and I went to this like circus theme bar called Unicorn, which was amazing. Oh, and great. it was like a month. Somebody, we got a unicorn fan out there. Um, well, I think we got a lot of unicorn fans. Today. <laughs> <laughs> Just, mm -hmm. um, but, uh, so it was like Monday night and they, they were doing Monday night karaoke and this girl got up and just started the night off with You Ought to Know by oh. Alanis Morissette, which was yes. so aggressive yes. and so good. Yes. It was like, like a bold move, but a strong start. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Good yes. for her. Good for her. Yeah. She was going through something. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we have St. Alanis. <laughs> she needed the support of her karaoke crew. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, as uh, spinning it a little bit in a different direction, sure. one of my, like, uh, love languages is political rom-coms. Mm. Um, so, so this book ticked off like all the boxes. Wow, yeah. Um, mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. I mean like, so one, I'm really interested in like what the research was like mm -hmm. for this and mm -hmm. like when when Alex is up on the roof and there was like something written under mm -hmm. a tile. Like I'm curious how many of that, how much of that was real and how much of that did you just have fun painting 
what the White House could be. So yeah, so I've actually been inside the White House before. Okay, brag um, much? When I, no, no, it was not in a cool way. It was like, first of all, Bush was president. So. Oh, yeah, oh. sorry. Um, but it was it was like 2007. I won like a essay contest, and I got to go on a tour of the White House. Nice. Very cool. And you get it, you write. Oh my god. Like, um, but so, uh, <laughs> um, so that's why there's like that like one of the most important scenes the book takes place in the Red Room because that's yeah. one of the few rooms I've actually been inside in the White House so I can like I was like I've I can describe it yeah Um, like I know what it like more or less feels like you know Um, but you know there's a lot that I made up but there's this website called like Mm whitehousemuseum.org it's an unofficial website not run by the government Um, some like a bunch of a little more trustworthy so it it actually (laughs) it tells us yeah Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but so it's like um, it's like a bunch of history nerds put together and it's just like a like you can go floor by floor and room by room Mm. and click on everything and it'll tell you it'll show you pictures of the room throughout history and all of this information about it in the past and present um, and it was so incredibly useful. I went to it so many times. I am yeah. 100% sure I'm on a watch list. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Like, I can't believe I'm still allowed to fly. Right. <laughs> uh, like, next year it would be, like, exclusively Amtrak tour only. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, uh, the worst things. The yeah, worst no, things. The, I love Amtrak. Yeah. Uh, fun for Amtrak trains. Because, um, uh, you know, like, the government listens to this podcast. Um, well, you know. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> it might after this episode. You don't know some of the episodes. Right. <laughs> but, yeah, um... So I use a lot of that yeah. in my research. Mm-hmm. And so like, and I think it's also like, it's really hard to make a setting like that feel grounded to the reader. Yeah. And I think that making Alex sort of a history nerd who would like, he's the type of person who wants to know everything about yeah. the this place that he's living inside. And so he would like do all those investigations and like, he would know everything about every room and he's totally. probably like talk to every single groundskeeper and like, uh-huh. you know, like every single person who works in the entire white house and he knows everything about it. Yeah. And so those details, I think make it feel more real. Cause yeah. like if it's your Absolutely. house that you live in, like your apartment, you're like, yeah, so, like, this is, like, the wall where, like, my friend, like, threw a shoe and now there's a scuff, you know? <laughs> um, so, it's, like, it's, like, that but the White House. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> it's a place where people live. It's right. It's a thing where right. family things happen. I bet a lot of shoes have been thrown. Uh, yeah. Oh. Uh, well, yeah. We know some shoes have been thrown. <laughs> um, but, uh, but, yeah. So, that was... Um, and then, like, as far as, like, the like the actual politics... Um, a lot of that was like I've always I'm just like a politics nerd so I listen yeah. to a lot of political podcasts and I um, you know like watch like you know John Oliver and Sam B and like all of yeah. these things and then actually I have some friends who are um, former Hillary staffers oh, wow. um, like and and so I I did not like it's not so much that I interviewed them or anything it was more that like I would like I'd be like texting my friend like okay so um, I know this is not realistic but how unrealistic is it yeah um, <laughs> like like we're suspending some disbelief here but like am I going to get roasted by everyone in DC <laughs> if I write this you know yeah. like I was like like I would I would text her and be like okay so I'm, my main character is like the first son and I want to give him a job on the campaign what is a realistic job that would be given to a first son and she's like they would put him on policy give him a binder and not let him do anything <laughs> um, basically yeah so yeah. Uh, so yeah that was kind of my my research process nice. if you want to call it that which yeah. I think is very generous <laughs> sure. was there any research that you stumbled upon that especially surprised you um yeah there honestly I think more than anything it was like when I was looking into the British side of things mm-hmm. because that was less familiar to me mm-hmm. and so there were things about like British history that I uncovered like the history of like um, that like Samson and the Philistine statue in the VNA oh, yeah. was like something I read in an article when I was researching the VNA and like 
honestly, I just picked that room of of the V&A because I think it's very beautiful. Yeah. And um, like I covered in the book, it's one of the few things in the V&A that is not centered on things they stole, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I think Henry's the type of person that would not find it very sexy to like kiss his boyfriend in front of a bunch of stolen shit. Right. You know? Yeah. yeah. Um, that tracks. And uh, <laughs> that's one of the things we love about Henry, yeah. you know? Yeah. yeah. He's like, hmm, let's uh, have some critique of the monarchy. Yeah. Um, but so, but yeah, anyway, um, that was kind of the most surprising stuff for me. It was like, mm-hmm. these are things I was just, I'm not British, so I'm less familiar with yeah, those things. Yeah, yeah. And so that was kind of the most surprising stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And was there anything that you uncovered in your research that like really influenced like a plot point or a character that you're like, oh, I'm going to do this. And you saw this research and like, oh no, 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 this is <laughs> uh, Let's see. I mean, like, honestly, like the more like I dug into like the whole like historical love letters thing mm-hmm. was something that just kind of like tumbled into place. Uh, um, and like uh. the more I dug into those, those kind of started to influence the tone of the emails. Oh, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. um, because like, like, um, you know, you want this quote at the end to feel like it's flowing straight through, mm-hmm. like, like from what they've written to each other straight into like how that, that excerpt feels. Yeah. And so that was kind of, um, all came like like I said like just kind of all tumbled into place mm-hmm. once I started finding those excerpts. Uh, shout out to Richter Norton for uh, his book My Dear Boy, which compiles all of these letters between close friends throughout history, <laughs> <laughs> quote unquote, close friends. <laughs> my good, dearest good friends. friends. Yeah, good fr- roommates and gal pals. Yeah, right. my, my roommate of forty seven years. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. it's fine. Don't worry about well, it. And I love when you like one of the things I've heard you say about this book is that you hope it's as cathartic to read as it was for you to write. Yeah. And so I'm curious, like, did you always intend for it? I mean, so I got the impression you started writing around 2016. Yeah. Like early 2016. Okay. So did you know it would be released kind of in the throes of the 2020 election? No, I had no concept of what this was like anything that's going to be happening. <laughs> like, honestly, like early 2016, like I, when I came up with the idea of this book, I was imagining it coming out the way that Veep came out during the Obama administration mm-hmm. yeah. of this sort of like tongue in cheek, like parallel universe. Yeah. That's like sort of a loving send up of liberal politics, mm-hmm. you know, uh, where it's like, it, like it has the freedom to do that because the world's not on fire. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and <laughs> so after the election happened, I literally shelved this book for like seven uh, months because yeah, I was like, yeah. I no longer know what tone this needs yeah. to be. And mm-hmm. I don't know how to write this anymore. And I don't mm. know how to do like a, a political rom-com that is both lighthearted and grapples with what the hell is going on in this country right now. Yeah. You know? Um, and so it was kind of like, it took me a long time to, get back into the headspace of what it was going to need to be because it was originally and to laugh again yeah well yeah (laughs) yeah and it was a lot more cynical in tone i think Mm. originally and ironic like sort of like i guess counterintuitively as the world got worse the book got more hopeful um because i started to sense like i started to feel like like what do i need like as a reader if i was like wanting to like read a book right now Mm -hmm. what do i need you know and i think like that's what there's like this quote that um, that Hillary Clinton says all the time that is um, do all the good you can in all the ways that you can for all that you you know like on and on and on <laughs> um, and for me like the way that I can do all the good that I can do like I'm not a legislator I'm not an organizer I'm um, I'm an activist in the sense of like I go to marches and donate money but mm-hmm. I'm not like 
it's not my skill set in life, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but what I can do is I can write something that um, energizes the people who do have those skill sets. Yeah. You know, like I've gotten emails from people who are like immigration lawyers and mm-hmm. and people who've been like on the front lines of like their local LGBTQ organization for like thirty years who are like. Um, like I go home and read your book and then I have the energy to go back and do the work the next day, you know, and that to me, I know like that to me is like, like all I wanted was to do something Mm -hmm. like that to, I guess like, um, not to use a sports analogy, but like, (laughs) you know, it's like the water boy. (laughs) I'm not good enough to be on the team. Mm -hmm. That's a a loose sports. (laughs) I don't know if that actually tracks the sports at all. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then I loved, I was curious about just, you know, more into this world. Uh, did Donald Trump just never get into politics? Did oh, he he's, die? No, he's um he's fully been in prison for, oh. for, for, for like, fraud since, like, 1992. Oh, beautiful. Right. That's beautiful. Oh, beautiful. Thank you for that. So he, was, he never had the apprentice. He was never, like, a celebrity on that level. Oh, I love oh, it. Right. I love that he's not once in this book. No. It's I, very I, delicious. There was like, never mm-hmm. even... I was like, I'm not even going to imply that Ellen defeated him in 2016 because yeah. he never ran. Yeah. Because he's just not... He's not a factor in right. the world. <laughs> Done. Right. That's great. Thanks. Splendid. <laughs> okay. Um, so let's... Uh, take a few questions from the audience. Mm. Just a quick reminder, standing up and saying, you should have done this instead, is not a question. <laughs> yes. Correct. That's not what we, we're doing we, We're not doing right any, um, this is more of a comment. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you preface with this is more of a comment, sit back down. <laughs> okay, great. So who has a question? The, after that, like, extremely welcoming <laughs> prompt. Yeah. Safe space. It's safe space. Hi. Hi. Um, so you mentioned your acknowledgments that you got. Like 40,000 words. <laughs> yeah. So I was wondering if you could share like what some of the deleted scenes. Yeah, of oh, course. Yes. Oh, great, yes. great question. Thank you. Um, honestly, I will admit that a lot of it was just people having conversations in cars and limos that <laughs> was not really moving the plot forward. It was just like I like to write banter. Um, so like there was like one scene where it was like um, they're like it's like. Alex and June and Nora in a limo and they're like in Boston going to a campaign event and Alex is just like being like asking these really vague questions like how do you know when you're in love with someone and Nora's just like "Uh." (laughs) (laughs) do you hear yourself the fact that you're asking (laughs) she's like I'm not going to play this game with you (laughs) please don't waste my time (laughs) Um, and uh, there's like a scene there was a scene where like there was a lot more of like Alex doing like shady things um, (gasps) to like get political recon kind of stuff going on Um, so there was like once there was there was one scene where he had been like tracking this um, Richard Staffer online who had recently he knew that she was recently divorced Mm -hmm. and he knew that she had recently left the campaign under like some controversial conditions and he knew where her favorite bar was and so he like went to her favorite bar and was gonna like try and just like some, like charm her out of some information mm-hmm. um and then like literally like 20 minutes 20 seconds into this endeavor Raphael Luna shows up and basically hauls him out by his ear mm-hmm. and like is like yeah. what are you doing like, don't be this guy you're not like like yeah like why are you like what is your problem like yeah. what are you doing yeah. um so there was so that was a scene um and there was a scene where um uh Henry had to so like this i was writing this around the time of like the 2016 summer olympics um oh. and and they put out like the team gb like promo that was like will and kate and harry just like saying like 
oh, things into the camera like <laughs> our teams are the best and um and so I thought it was it was hilarious to imagine like him and Henry and his siblings doing that same promo and so I had this like scene where it was like Henry's promo and like Alex is like sending it to Henry and just like roasting him and then and then like over in the group chat with June and Nora he's it's a totally different experience where he's just like I'm going through it guys yeah. <laughs> like I've watched this 75 times yeah. <laughs> and um and and then like um June and Nora start like giving him shit of, of like um, oh when y'all get married you're gonna have to root for Team GB and he's like I'm sorry who said married and then he goes on a whole spiral about what it would mean to marry a prince and it was like yeah so I do that every day I know. <laughs> don't we all yeah um, yeah so those were some of the things that were cut and then a lot of things that were just like repetitive that didn't mm. need to be cut I'm I'm happy with the word count that it is um, it is. A full, I was allowed to write a 400 page rom com debut, which is insane. Yeah. So, yeah. so I have no complaints, but yeah, there's definitely some deleted scenes. <laughs> um, yes. So I was born in London and lived there as a kid and then grew up in Texas. Oh my god. Spent five years in Austin at UT. Oh my god. Austin Heights was the neighborhood next to mine. Oh my god. So I connected with this on a deep <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. And like came out later than some people do, uh-huh. so as I was reading this, I was like, this is me, like, where did she find me? <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm curious, what was your, you touched on research process earlier, like, uh-huh. what's that like for Texas in some ways, it's like, even at the very end, you know, no spoilers, but spoilers, <laughs> at the end, when they're riding their bikes, I was picturing that, like, because that was a walk that I used to do with some oh. regular oh. And oh my god. So, like, what was your research process like in Texas? through all of those things as well. Yeah, so actually I'm from, I'm originally from Louisiana, but um, I spent a lot of time in Texas growing up. Um, people from Louisiana and Texas either love each other or hate each other. That's just how things go. <laughs> I I love Houston. Houston's so underrated. Mm. Best food. <laughs> Best food city in the country. Um, we're going to talk about Houston later. <laughs> it's so great. Um, but yeah, so um, I spent a lot of time in Houston growing up, actually. Uh, one of my best friends lived there, like moved there when we were kids. Um, and then uh, when I got older, I would go to Houston, Austin all the time. And so Texas has always felt like my secondary home state. You know, like it's like if I'm not in Louisiana, that's home to me, mm. you know. And, um, and so it, it was, it was not hard for me to cultivate a feeling of feeling like Texas was home, you know, um, that came very natural to me. And that was why I made them from Texas because I wanted to have like a red state Democrat. And I was like, N- like, we can like push some boundaries of what <laughs> is believable, but nobody, this would not happen in Louisiana, you know, uh-huh. like, <laughs> Let's be real. Yeah. Um, and so, um, and so that was kind of like where that decision came from. But as far as like specifics of Austin, I mean, obviously I spent a lot of time there. But one of my best friends lives in Austin, and I like jokingly call her like my Austin authenticity consultant because <laughs> um, she's also a landscape architect. And so she would be like, um, so here you have this type of tree growing, and those are actually cedars in that time of year. So like, <laughs> you know, I'm like, okay. I'm sure okay. that was very helpful. Yeah, it was. <laughs> um, and so, so, um, but yeah, so like those types of things, um, 
I would ask her. I, I was on Google Street View constantly. I like um, I like literally like asked my friend like, okay, so um, this is my main character. His parents are both lawyers. They had money, but not that much money. Um, what and and then like one of them becomes the mayor of Austin. What is a realistic part of town for them to live in? And she told me Pemberton Heights. Mm. Um, and uh, and let's see, what else did I do? I mean. She's the best. Honestly, she's Leah Romero. She's in the she's in the acknowledgments. Um, she's the best. She was my Austin consultant. Um, and yeah, and then a lot of it was also um, there are a lot of things like don't tell people from Louisiana. I said this, but there are a lot of things about Louisiana and Texas culture that are, are actually really similar. Um, <laughs> like the way that y'all have like ranches and lake houses. We have camps is what we call them in Louisiana. Uh-huh. Um, and so like my family has like a camp, like a house out on a river that they rent that like we go and we swim in like the nasty river you know <laughs> and and so like that like like translated really directly to lbj like can't like like lbj for mm, me yeah mm-hmm. so yeah so it was a lot of um being from the south <laughs> <laughs> yes all right anybody i think we have time for one more i'm sorry question? i talked too much no, no, no. yes hey Yeah. So I think from the beginning, for me, really, my philosophy was like, if somebody does not have to be like a cis het white person, they won't be. Like if if like literally the necessities, <laughs> like like Philip like has to be like a no. cis het white dude. Uh-huh. Like yeah. that's Poor just guy. yeah. And like Henry, <laughs> Henry is like royalties so like you know historically those have been white people but like um like with alex like it felt really natural for me knowing like all the people i've known from texas and and um you know just what texas is like to be like oh like he's part mexican you know like that's like a that's a person i know you know that's many people i know um and then like the rest it was just like yeah i think like it made sense to me that Henry would have gravitated toward um, somebody who was like him, sort of different from the rest of all of his like preppy, uptight, cishet white classmates at Eaton, you know? Um, and so, like, that to me, like, it made sense that him and Pez would have found each other, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, and, uh, and yeah, so it was all kind of like I, like, I was writing what I, I wanted it to reflect, like, the world that I see around me. Because, um, for, frankly, I'm not friends with any straight people. Um, <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm probably friends with like three straight people, but like, and they're all related to you. So. Yeah. <laughs> but like, like to me, like um, it's actually like there's actually a lot more in my second book, a lot more queer people um, than there are in my first book because my first book, a lot of these people are thrown together by like jobs and circumstance mm-hmm. and things like that. And mm-hmm. my second book is like people who are just like an organic friend group. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, it's very rare that you are like the one queer person in your friend group. And if it, if that does happen, it's like, this is awkward. Um, <laughs> uh, and so like, yeah, so it's just about like, this is just how life is. This is just how like the world is. And, and, um, and it's, I, I feel like um, I want that to not 
be like unusual in books mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. like i i think that all books should be like hey um what if this like represented an actual an actual like realistic cross-section of the world you know um and so yeah so it was definitely something i was conscious of in the sense of um just wanting this world to feel really fleshed out but it was also um something that i felt really fell into place the more that the world of the book shaped itself you know mm -hmm. so yeah. Yeah. Great. Yeah. All right. Let's do a little uh, fornicating, marrying, and mm, killing, okay. shall we? Okay. All right. Who's uh, going first? Would you like to go first as our okay. guest? So I have, um, I've been thinking a lot about, um, mm. there was an article this week about um, the early 2000s Charlie's Angels. Mm -hmm. and, oh, yes. Fair. And if I may interject, everybody knows how the game works, right? Yeah. You, you name three people. No, it's not. It's not. It's okay. Favorite. Yeah. Okay. So I've been thinking a lot about it because um, speaking of things that made you gay, um, <laughs> <laughs> like like Lucy Liu. Yes. When she mm -hmm. like in the like the leather. And, mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> but there's a lot going on there. There's like that. Sure. There's so much. Okay. So. F specifically from that era, uh -huh. Lucy Liu drew Barrymore Cameron Diaz. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. Okay. I know my answer. Um, I would... I would... Uh... It's hard. Okay, I would marry yeah. Lucy Liu. Mm -hmm. Okay. I would fornicate with Cameron Diaz. Mm. Um, Because she's, you know, she's cute, she's fun, but, like, she seems really... <laughs> Peppy, and I don't need that in my life every day. <laughs> so you're um, gonna kill Drew Barrymore. I'm gonna kill Drew Barrymore only wow. because I, I don't have the emotional space to deal with everything she's been through. <laughs> I'm just being honest. So she deserves to die. Oh my god! <laughs> that's that's the game. That's okay. not me. That's the rule. A lot yes. to unpack. Yes. <laughs> mm -hmm. Okay, are you gonna go or should I? I'm happy to go. You yeah. should go. But it is tough. So, right. yeah, I also yeah. And I, I don't want to kill Drew, Drew Barrymore. I just want to make that perfectly clear. I do not want to kill Drew Barrymore, but in this instance, I have to. Someone has oh to. God. We have a, a phrase that we say a lot on the podcast, podcast is sad face stab. <laughs> so like you have to kill someone you really don't want to. So oh my god! Why can't we just like like maybe like send them on a really bad bus ride or something? Like why do they have to die? How is that not the same thing? <laughs> <laughs> so I too would marry Lucy Liu. Only I mean especially because she's got that nice dry sense of humor. Mm -hmm. You know. Have you seen her paintings? No. What? She does. She does. First of all, she does beautiful lesbian paintings. Oh. And no wow. one knows this about her because she, she for you. Well, she paints under her. She paints like under her Chinese name. Oh, um, and so, and they're beautiful. Um, mm. And so, like, I want her mm. to like. Spoiler alert! Yeah. I'm gonna marry her too. I yeah, want her to like. I want her to paint like a beautiful mural on her wall oh, of our home. Yes, oh. yes, absolutely. Really and she'd bad. have like the garage where she. That's her painting studio. <sighs> yeah, I love yeah. her. Um, okay. But I think I would. Kill Cameron. I would too. Okay. Yeah, only because she annoys me more. Yeah, same. Yeah. No, and she has to pay for the holiday. That movie. <laughs> Someone needs to be punished. Um, and Drew. Why not Jack Black? Well, yeah. I mean, well, everyone. Oh, everyone involved. We we need to like plan the out the producers behind so, yeah, the holiday yeah, yeah, yeah. need to answer for the crimes. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, and then Drew. I mean, lo I I love most of her movies. Yeah. Well, here's my thing: is I. I like when I think of that movie and I think of like what about it like profoundly affected me at the tender age at which I watched it. Mm -hmm. It was um there's this moment where like Drew Barrymore like 
beats up a bunch of dudes mm-hmm. and then she goes like it's like a really lame catchphrase because everything about the movie is so corny yeah. yes. and she it goes like and off. she just goes like and that's kicking your ass but she says it with like a lisp because she has a lisp yes. and then she like moonwalks out of the room in her combat boots <laughs> and I have such a vivid memory of it yeah obviously and I'm like clearly this like awoke something in yeah, sure, yes. um, so I would Important. I would she's, she's my also my choice for fornication great sure, sure. so and, and then, then, yeah, sorry, Cameron. Cameron yeah. I mean, like, like she had her... choices we have to make. Yeah, you know, it's hard. Yeah, it's All right, hard. whose yeah. turn? Do you want to go? No, do you want to Okay. Okay. Um, okay, we're going to go with Great British... Uh, Bake Off? Monarchs. Oh, I was hoping it was Bake Off. <laughs> no, no. I was like, I will, oh. I will marry Mary. Mary. Yeah. <laughs> Kill um, Paul Hollywood. Yes, I mean, always, always. Um, great British monarchs. Oh, Henry V, mm-hmm. Queen Elizabeth. Or Queen like the Victoria. current one? No, Queen the First. The First. Elizabeth the First. Oh, okay. It would be or more Queen spicy Victoria. if it was the current one. Well, <laughs> I mean, that's true. Especially after the crown. I mean, <laughs> I feel like I want to I wanna pick Queen Victoria for the fornication. Mm. Because I think it would be... There's a lot going on there. Yeah. So much. And she was always down. She's got all them kids. Like, <laughs> she... But also, like... I don't like her as a person. Right. So, mm-hmm. like, right. like, like, I, I think that speaking of how we've never actually experienced enemies to lovers, uh-huh. oh, maybe it would be that oh. energy. Okay. You would convince her to stop wearing black. Maybe oh. so. Oh. Okay. Um, and then, like, I will say, I saw a production of Henry V. Um, this is going to be really annoying, and I'm very sorry to say it, but <laughs> I did see it at the Globe, and I was studying abroad. <laughs> How dare I you? I saw Othello at the Globe when I was studying abroad, oh so NBD, it's fine. But I've never been to London. I cannot remember who was playing Henry V, but it was some incredibly, like, roguishly handsome actor. Mm. Um, it they wasn't Kenneth Branagh, but it was basically Kenneth Branagh. Uh-huh. Sure, sure, sure. Um, and so I would marry him, I think. Oh, okay. okay. Um, and who was the last one, Queen, the original Queen Elizabeth? Yeah. Elizabeth I. L- Elizabeth I. <laughs> All right. You know, like, there's too much. There's, like, all that face paint going on. It's all filled with lead. It's going to kill me. Sure, yes. I don't want it. That's a good point. That's a good point. Sure. I think I would marry Liz the first. Mm. Because I would be fine just, like, stepping back and letting her do her thing, which is Mm -hmm. all she wants. Sure, yeah. That's all she wanted. Sure. Um, So, say, you go best. Go be England. Uh I'll just, like, eat too much fatty food and get gout and die. (laughs) What hey, more could you want true. from life? Um, and then I would uh, fornicate Vicky. Mm, okay. Just for the story, if yeah. nothing else. Yeah, if that's how I feel, too. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I don't want to be with her. Uh-huh. No, no. Yeah. And then I'd kill Henry. Wow, that's yeah. fair. What about you? I think I would um, bang Henry the <laughs> Fifth. <laughs> Um, <laughs> she thought about it. I would marry Elizabeth because I liked her crew, you know? Oh, like, yeah, she had a She good had crew. the whole Shakespeare thing going on. Um, she could get shit done. And I, I personally think she was probably a freak in the bed. Oh, uh, yeah, probably. Uh, definitely not virginal I mean, in my eyes. Um, and then, yeah, I think Queen Victoria because, like, you know, yeah. 
<laughs> End of sentence. Yeah. <laughs> it's complicated. It wasn't like a great time. I mean, like Industrial Revolution. Woo! But also like it's rough. Woo! Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Oh my God. It's it's tricky. It's it's tricky. I'm so curious to hear yours. Yeah. Okay. Um. What is about to happen? <laughs> you know me well. Um, so my okay. Fornicate, Mary, kill. The reserved but heart of gold, Prince Charming. Oh, oh see, these, these are archetypes. Yep. The passionate academic. Oh. Or the crazy best friend. <gasps> okay. See. <laughs> okay. Wow, someone has to die. <laughs> I'm killing the academic. Oh. Okay. I'm killing the academic straight up. All right. And okay. I'm going to tell you why. I'm just going to leave the table. <laughs> well, here's the thing is that, like, I don't. I just don't want to have any kind of intelligent conversation in this setting, like with him. Like, I assume that this is a man because, like, whenever <laughs> that's your assumption. Well, if it's a woman, then this is a different story. Well, it's whoever you want. It's the archetype of. Well, because when you say that, I picture like, um, honestly, I'm picturing like Pin Badgley and you. Mm. You know, so I'm picturing like, like he's like he's like he's like. <laughs> Ooh, I don't read romance. I'm very literary. I'm a scholar. And um and he's like and he's gonna like explain things to you that you don't need to explain to you. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Uh, that's not like a that's not like gonna be an enemy lovers thing, that's gonna be like an I'm gonna kill you thing. <laughs> um and so and then like the crazy best friend, I think that you have to bang the crazy best friend. Um uh, because they're crazy and that's mm gonna be crazy (laughs) Um, and then I think that uh, you gotta marry like obviously I'm a sucker for like the Prince Charming with the heart of gold Mm -hmm. you know like Mm -hmm. like it's like Prince Charming eh. but like a Prince Charming that's like so disillusioned with his position in the world because his heart Mm -hmm. is so good he doesn't believe in like like systems of imperialism it's like yeah (laughs) Like a woke but, prince. But here's the thing: if we abolish imperialism and he won't be a prince anymore, would he be as attractive? Yes, because okay. he probably would have. It would have been his idea. Okay. Oh yeah. But then he that's has hot. no life skills. Well, that's true. I'm not. I'm not trying to dissuade you from your decision. Well, it's I do a, think. A, 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 a well, well, I think in my in my vision of this character, because I'm imagining Henry, but mm-hmm. like a version of Henry that would be attracted to me. Mm-hmm. Um, like there's, it's like like Henry goes out of his way to acquire skills because he doesn't want to be a helpless royal. That's true. Like, he's like, I'm... Now, he can't, like, cook, but he can, like... He's like, I know how to, like, like, plan a gesture and I know how to, like take care of my dog and like things like that like he like knows how to run like a non-profit you know stuff like that <laughs> so he's got skills you know like he can like drive a car <laughs> Ooh. Wow. look that wow. some of us can't I, i'm from california so i'm just like yeah. <laughs> what about you oh. i know okay i think i would um roll in the hay with <laughs> these euphemisms, fornicate is hard. Like it's, y- it yes, sounds it very medical. It takes the fun out of the f. Oh, all right. All uh, right. <laughs> um, but uh, I already said the f word. I think at some point. So, uh, oh. sorry. Um, Doggy, is that okay? <laughs> <laughs> Little baby ears. Um, 
I would uh, enjoy the flesh of. Are you going to eat him? Are you going to eat him? Of the academic, I think. Uh, only because, like, there is something very sexy to me about like someone who like gets passionate about literature, and I'm just like. So you are going to eat him? You know what? Yeah. I mean, what does fornicate mean again? Um, I mean, ねえ、ねえ、ねえ、ねえ、ねえ、ねえ、ねえ、ねえ、ねえ、ねえ、ねえ、ねえ、ねえ、ねえ、ねえ、ねえ、ねえ、ねえ、ねえ、ねえ、
Yes. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you so much, Casey. Yay! This has been Yay! Thank you to all of you for coming and thank you to Books Inc. for having us. We love being here. It's such a beautiful place and, you know, bookstores are the best. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs>